And so while he's getting these passed out, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Starting at, not chapter 7, verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying, and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree? Sorry, lost my place. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity, Activity of Judah regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he had heard these words, he was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake, and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou serve continually, he will deliver thee. And the verse I want to focus on is verse number 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened, opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did before time and no matter what happens in our life circumstances trial tribulation even just everyday life he's still worthy of our praise I, I read a little while ago that there was a pastor in the northern part of India and he was converting pe people to Christianity and we have to remember that's one of our main purposes in our life is to reach people we have two main purposes is that to worship God and build his kingdom. And in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And one day, going back to this pastor, that one day he was asked to go to uh, the temple, which being specific, a Hindu temple. And, like, probably thinking, what an opportunity. Like, I could talk to these Hindus help them see see the truth and little, little did he know he was about to face his own den of lions just a little less furry maybe when he arrived at the temple he was confronted more or less attacked by these Hindu assassins and one pointing a revolver at his head and then the other started punching and kicking him for tricking people into changing over to Christianity 
and while they were beating him, punching him, kicking him, one of them said, we killed your mentor one year ago, and now it's your turn. He'd realized that these were the men who killed, say, my pastor. As he, and as he was being beaten, he remembered Daniel in the Old Testament and how when he had been thrown into the den of lions for just praying. I don't know about you, I probably wouldn't be thinking about Daniel. I'd probably be thinking, ouch, this hurts. But this pastor, he said, Daniel, he prayed. And he, he began to pr pray himself. I didn't imagine, I can't imagine it would be this loud, monstrative prayer, but just a simple, God who saved Daniel from the lion's den, save me. The punching stopped, and the kicking stopped. And instead of killing him for his faith, they let him go, but not without a price, a fine. But it wasn't with his life. And God knew that there were still more people to be reached in India. Again, one of our main purposes is to reach this world. Esther 4.14 says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And this is the part that's key. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Could God have kept him from the Hindus who tried to kill him? Yes. But sometimes God has to take us through experiences to prove his faithfulness, and so we'll rely on him. And when we look at Daniel, we see his faithfulness to God. And looking at Daniel, the first part of Daniel 6, it said, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the presidents might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and, and the king thought to set over him the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could, not, they could find none such occasion nor fault, for as, for as he was faithful, neither was there any error or, found, or fault found against him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these princes, these presidents, they, they were jealous of Daniel. They tried to, like, he's a captive of the children of Judah. Why is he such, such a top-notch guy? It was like the king, Daniel, princes, and pre presidents. So they tried to figure out how to get rid of him. And when they couldn't find... They couldn't find anything that he had done wrong. And so how many times has the enemy tried to accuse us of something that we've done while we were living in sin? And you remember when you did this or that. It's those times that when you're alone, you're like, how can, how can God forgive me? That, that's, not, that's not conviction, that's condemnation, and that is not of God. And sometimes he'll even plant thoughts in your mind for of guilt, like of something you may not even have even done, or you were involved in something, and but it's not your fault. Despite all of that, you have to remember that when you've been baptized in Jesus' name, 
and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that's under the blood. The blood covers everything that we've done. You have to, sometimes it's a daily reminder to yourself and to the devil that when it's under the blood, it's no more in the eyes of God. In Revelation 12.10, does someone want to read it for me? And not looking at the screen. the accuser of our brethren he's going to bring so much against you but it's under the blood it says now has come salvation and strength you have the power to overcome the kingdom of our god the power of his christ he overcame death hell and the grave you don't have to worry about what the devil is trying to bring against you god doesn't remember it's under the blood it's gone you're white as snow what else does the bible say that he is John 8:44 says you ye are of your father the devil and the lust of of your father ye will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it he's the father of lies anything he tells you you might as well dismiss it like whenever he says you're so dumb why'd you do that don't listen to him. You will, anything that pulls you down, you're like, that's not true. I am created by God. You are his. We have to remember to keep seeking God and to stay faithful to him. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, there will be a standard lifted, and there won't be any fault found against you. Logan Jones said it the other night in, in our youth class over there, don't let sin win. When we look at the king's decree of saying that no, if anyone make a request or a petition to any god or man that they would, for at least 30 days, that they would be cast into the den of lions. He didn't think Daniel was going to, he didn't think the Daniel that was like best buds with him would be that guy. It says that Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And verse 4 in chapter 6 of Daniel, it says, it begins to tell us that these presidents and princes tried to find something against Daniel. Again, they were jealous. When someone is lifted up, don't, why them? Why not me? I'm so much better at that than they are. Congratulate them. Builds character and it keeps you humble. But when they tried to find something against Daniel, they didn't find anything. And it came down to, we're not going to find anything against him. You know. But unless he does something against God, that's the only way we're going to find it. So they came up with a plan and they went to King Darius. If anyone makes a petition, prays, or asks something from anyone else or God in the next 30 days, they'd be thrown into a den of lions. And... I know we read through it, but just to help refresh our minds what scripture says. When Daniel knew what had been put out there, he went to he went home. 
and with his windows open facing towards Jerusalem, his home, he prayed and gave thanks three times a day to God, just like he did before, like nothing had changed. That faithful consistency. He knew God didn't change, so he wasn't going to change either. God had been faithful to him, and so he was going to stay faithful to his God. And he knew the circumstances and the consequences he would face. Again, he's going to stay faithful. And it's the same for us that we must remain faithful to God at all times. And how many of us can lift our hand and say that God's been faithful to you? Every hand should go up. Despite circumstances, that's what a word, that's a word I'm using a lot. I realize that. But throughout life, we're going to face circumstances. Or what the enemy is trying to accuse you of, God is still faithful. Jumping down to verse 14, it says, Then the king, when he heard these words, that talking about Daniel, he was sore displeased with himself. And he said in his heart on Daniel, to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Once he realized that he had played a part in Daniel being killed, on his way to being killed, he felt awful. He was sore displeased with himself. That guilt, that can just rest on you. You're like, what have I done? As a king with a signed seal, he could not just revoke what had been written. And the princes and the presidents were sure to remind him of that. And they, they knew the king cared for Daniel. So they were going to make sure that there wouldn't be a way out for Daniel or the king. In verse 15, it says, Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Despite that, the king made sure to tell Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, there's that word continually, he will deliver thee. And we won't read through them, but just to kind of have them up there. Verse 17, it, talk, it says that a stone was put over the opening of the den. Again, he knew he couldn't change what had happened, but he didn't want Daniel to die. Talking about King Darius. So that night, King Darius, he went to his quarters and fasted throughout the night. And like, for anything to help him fall asleep, he didn't want it. And music was a big thing during that time. If you look in Daniel chapter 3, it was when music was played that the three, that everyone had to bow before the idol of Nebuchadnezzar. It matters what we listen to as far as music and just in general, it matters. What are you going to bow to? He fasted for Daniel throughout the night, wrestling with going to sleep. He was mourning for his friend. I can't believe I did this to Daniel. And I'm sure we've all been there waiting throughout the night, waiting for results for a family member or a friend. Like, what's happening? But the only thing we can do is to trust in God for, to do what only he can do. That next morning, early, King Darius, after wrestling with sleep, he got up and he hurried over to the lion's den. When he got there, I imagine as him running, tears streaming down his face, crying out, saying to Daniel, in hopes that he'd still be alive, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? 
Imagine him leaning on that rock that was put over the den, sweat coming down his brow, lips trembling, waiting for an answer. Was he alive? Did God come through? Did his God decide to spare him because he's been faithful? Just waiting. O king, live forever. What was that? Was Daniel alive? My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. The king was ecstatic. He was excited. He was alive. And then the king, he commanded that, the, that Daniel should be taken out of the den. Wasn't hurt at all. No marks or anything. Just like the three Hebrew boys that were thrown in the fire for not bowing to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, three, they came out of the fire with no burns, not even smelling like smoke. In Isaiah 43 and 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. There's a blessing when we serve God faithfully. Finally, when Daniel was taken out of the lion's den, after, I mean, there's, I'm still there sure, some excitement, like, he's alive. There's, like, there's, no, there's no sign of what was done to him. And then, I'm sure anger set in, and the king, he commanded that the men who tried to put him in there should be cast into the lion's den as well. And it wasn't just them, though. It was their wives and their kids. They had to pay the price. The, these families had to pay the price for what their husbands, their fathers had done. Daniel 7.24, And the king commanded, and they brought those men, which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, then their children and their wives. And the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. It's gruesome. It's scripture. There aren't some pretty parts of scripture. And that's not something anyone wants to picture, being mauled. And I don't know, I've seen them come up through different things like, man attacked by a lion or whatever. Those aren't videos you want to watch. It's not something you want to see. But we don't know if it's they got too close or they weren't taking enough safety precautions in the first place. We, we don't know. But that's how we should treat sin, temptations, not getting too close, whether it be actual sin or temptations. Like, no. Create that boundary, that line. Like the song says, we sing at altar, I have drawn a line in the sand. And like these men who were jealous of Daniel, they decided to take matters into their own hands. And they didn't want to wait for the king to promote them. And they didn't, and they wanted to get rid of Daniel some way, somehow. And the results these men faced were, it was because of a result of sin. And they were, they were jealous about Daniel and his position, and they even tried, and instead of trying to stay humble and encouraging Daniel, like, yeah, this is really neat, you've got this, they planned to kill him, even trying to justify it. We have to be careful that we aren't like the men who tried to kill and get rid of Daniel. It may not be jealousy or someone else's position, but we have to remember our purposes in this life are to worship God and build his kingdom. 
and let him take care of the rest. He's going to take care of people. Do what you're supposed to do. Because in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we let God take care of our lives, giving him everything, he will be faithful to see us through. God takes care of those who are faithful to him. Daniel shows us this with his life, and we can show it to others too. Daniel's faithfulness had an influence not on, on only Darius, King Darius, the empire, but the world. That the king, um, Daniel 6, 25 through 28. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble in fear before the Lord God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall not be, shall be even unto the end. And when I was reading this, I got thought of another verse. Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Verse 27, he delivereth and rescueth, and worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Looking at verse 27, I love that he delivereth, rescueth, and worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. And I believe we heard it last week, that ETH on the end of those words means he continues. It's going on and on. So he's always delivering, always rescuing, and always working. Even when we don't see it, I'm sure Daniel thought that. Like, There's literally a line right here. Are you going to do something, God? He delivereth and rescues and works. It says he prospered in the reign of Darius. And it's mentioned earlier that Daniel was a captive of the, of the children of Judah. And leading up to Daniel being thrown in the lion's den, I'm sure there's no telling what was going through his mind. Like, I'm literally a captive right now in Babylon. Like, how am I going to get out of this? Uncertainty, fear, and anxiety things we deal with today are just more put out there. It doesn't make it any less. But there was one thing he was certain of, despite all that, that he would continue to serve God and to seek him diligently. Continually, as the Bible says, to remain faithful to God. And God honored that, and he brought him to a position of power while in captivity. And by the end of it, his faithfulness influenced the world and brought, him to, brought glory to the one true living God. The life of Daniel stands as a continual moment, monument to faithfulness. Life will have its ups and downs. Again, just like Daniel, we are to be faithful and we are to honor God. And when we do, he'll take care of us. He'll stay faithful to us and honoring us. And when we get to the end of this life, when we stand before God, the words we all hope to hear, someday are, well done, thou good and 
faithful servant. You have to remember to be faithful to God in all times and not, ju not just to receive the blessings of it. Even when we don't immediately see God's hand working in our life, he's still worthy. He's worthy of our faithfulness. Great reminder from uh, from the book of Daniel, and of course, Daniel is one of the greatest characters in all the Bible, and uh, of all the people in the Bible, Daniel and Job are probably two of just very few that the Bible does not record any uh, shortcoming or does not record any kind of fault about them. You know, you read about Abraham and Moses and Jacob and all these other guys, and it all records a failure of some kind, but Daniel was faithful. And what a, what a great example we have in Daniel. Amen. And through situations and, and uh, the Daniel, uh, I, lo I love his character because Daniel had influence with at least four different world leaders, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. He had influence with these. He wasn't at home. He wasn't in Judah. He wasn't in the land of Israel. He was in a foreign land, and yet he had influence. And it just reminds me today that the church does not have to be influenced by the world, but the church can be the influence upon those around us. So what a great reminder. Why don't we stand and praise the Lord together as we get ready to take a break. Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you today, God, for your presence in our life, your spirit that empowers us and enabled us. Lord, to honor you and to, Lord, bring you glory through our actions in our life. And, Lord Jesus, we, we recognize today as things become more and more secular and difficult in our times that you, Lord, can help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. I pray, O oh God, that, Lord, you would anoint this group of people, anoint your church, Lord, to, to make a difference in the world that we're a part of, to shine and to, Lord, to be that salt and Lord, that light, I pray God blessing upon us all. We thank you for the word we've heard this morning and honor you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Aubrey. You can take a break. I believe there are some coffee.